GBC of Into the Squared Circle podcast, and welcome to a special tribute to the late great Terry Funk and uh, another young wrestler who tragically lost Bray Wyatt. And here on the show, we're, we're not going to be sad. We're going to celebrate and talk about the life between both men. And uh, again, if you have any memories, hey, maybe you met Terry, maybe you met Bray. Um, again, send in your stories into the Squared Circle podcast on Facebook X. Instagram, send me your your pictures. Tell me your stories. I love to highlight them right here on the podcast. So let's talk about Terry Funk, who passed away this past Wednesday, August the twenty third of twenty twenty three. He was known for the longevity of his career, which spanned more than. 50 years includes multiple short-lived retirements a lot of wrestling fans know about that and the influential and hardcore wrestling that's right folks a lot of ecw guys look at him as a father figure uh again as i mentioned hardcore wrestling style that he pioneered in the later part of his career and he is considered one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time so Terrence Funk, his real name, born June 30th, 1944 in Hammond, Indiana. I didn't know that. Uh, something new for me. Uh, Alma Mater, which is in West Texas State University. Two children, spouses of Vicki Weaver, married in 1965. She passed away back in 2019. The family, the father of Dory Funk, the brother of Dory Funk Jr. Terry Funk ring names were the Black Baron. Chainsaw Charlie, that's I remember that. Dr. Know-it-all. Terry Funk and the Texan. Build at 6 foot 1 inch, 185 centimeters. Build at 247 pounds. Build from Admirillo, Texas. Trained by the great Dory Funk and Terry Funk made his debut in 1965. Retired one of the many, but his last retirement was 2017. So his pro wrestling career begins in 1965, working in his father Dory Funk's Western State Sports Promotion in Armarillo, Texas. His debut match was against one of the wrestling greats, Sputnik. Monroe on December 9th. He and his brother Dory Funk Jr. quickly rose up the ranks as a team and his single matches against top names like Ernie Ladd and Hank James. They became big money wrestlers by the end of the decade. Eventually, Terry Funk went on to championship wrestling from Florida from 1970 all the way up to 1982. In 1975, Terry defeated Jack Briscoe for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion in Miami. When Dory failed to appear for a title shot, he began a 14-month title reign defeating the title against Jack Briscoe, the American Dream Baby, Dusty Rhodes, Carlos Roca, the Giant Baba, and Pat O'Connor. In addition to North America, he defended the belt in Australia. Japan and Singapore. So Terry Funk is very familiarized across the world at a very young age. And now look, he, he is a legend in Japan. We all know that as wrestling fans. So the historic reign for Terry Funk ended in Toronto where he was defeated by handsome Harley Race, the great, late great Harley Race, who had earlier beaten Dory Funk Jr. for the end. WA World Heavyweight Champion before losing it to Jack Briscoe. Now, Terry Funk spent a few moments in Continental Wrestling Association feuding with Jerry Lawler back in 1981. The most memorable match 
and this feud happened in April of 1981 at the Mid-South Coliseum, the legendary Mid-South Coliseum, which I believe is still up in Memphis, Tennessee. The match took place in an empty arena with only Lance Russell, a cameraman, and a photographer present. Man, that would have been a unique match to watch back in the day. Funk had challenged Lawler to this match at the time because he felt he was getting unfairly treated in Memphis. The confrontation only lasted a few minutes and ended with Funk trying to put Lawler's eye out with a broken two by four. <laughs> hey, that sounds like a Terry Funk move right there. But Lawler kicked Funk's elbow, causing him to hit himself in the eye. The tape aired on April 25th of 1981. So Terry and Dory Funk Jr. made a name for themselves in Japan, as I mentioned. Terry became a star in the eyes of Japanese fans with his over-the-top mannerism, sometimes colorful get-ups with his brawling ability. In Japan, the Funks were heels until they faced the Sheik and Adula the Butcher in Tokyo. The later two faced Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, Brody, who's just another Japanese giant, and Giant Baba and memorable feuds as well. And uh, him in Japan was between 1972 and then his time in Japan stretches all the way up to 1991. So this is why Terry Funk is huge and again, like a god over in Japan. Terry Funk made his World Wrestling Federation debuted in 1985 after a brief run in the AWA. His television debut was on Championship Wrestling. He not only beat Aldo Marino, but he also beat on ring announcer Mel Phillips. <laughs> Funk attacked Phillips, and Phillips made the mistake of putting on Funk's Cowboys hat, which is the video going around on social media. I, that was pretty funny. So, eventually we had a uh, Terry Funk feud with Junkyard Dog, JYD. In the mid-1980s, Funk teamed with Dory, calling himself Hoss Funk and Jimmy Jack Funk, a storyline brother. They were managed by Jimmy Hart, baby, Mouth of the South. At the time, he had a heated rivalry with JYD, Junk Junkyard Dog, which led to a match between Jerry Funk and Hoss Funk and the team of Tito Santana and JYD at WrestleMania 2. Terry also had a series of WWF title matches against Hulk Hogan, brother. Funk left the WWF in 1986. And from there, he went on to World Championship Wrestling. WCW, Funk joined in 1989 and became of the J-Tex Corporation. He became... He began feuding with Ric Flair, baby. Woo! Who had defeated Ricky Steamboat at Wrestle War for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Funk, who was one of the three judges for the main event, challenged Flair to the title match. Flair refused, saying that Funk was spending time in Hollywood instead of focusing on wrestling. <laughs> Ain't that funny? Funk then attacked, pile driving Flair on the ringside table. This put the champion Flair out of action till the Great American Bash where he faced Funk. Flair won the match by reversing a small package into one of his own, but shortly after he was attacked by Gary Hart, the Great Buddha. So in 94, Funk reappeared in WCW, wrestled Tully Blanchard to a double disqualification at Slamboree 94. Later that night, he became a member of Colonel Robert Parker's stud stable, along with the Bunkhouse Buck. Arnold Anderson and Mung. The stable will focus their energies on Dusty and Dustin Rhodes as well as the Nasty Boys, accumulating in a War Games match at Fall Pro. From there, Terry Funk in 1994 joined the 
Fredgeline International Wrestling Association of Japan promotion. Funk will go on to participate in the IWA's most famous event, the King of Deathmatch Tournament, held on August 20th in 1995 in Kakawaski. Funk would first defeat Leatherface and Tiger Jeet Singh in the Stream Style Match which featured barbed wire covered boards, glass, and chains before moving on to the finals of the tournament. Funk was faced and was defeated by protege Cactus Jack, later known as the U.S. audience as Mick Foley, in a no-ropes barbed wire exploding barbed wire boards exploding ring time bob death match. So that's where the death match obviously got very popularized in the 90s in Japan. And, uh, Look, history right there between him and Mick Foley. So I can't imagine what Mick Foley's going through when it comes to emotions because Mick Foley had legendary matches with Terry Funk, not only in Japan, but here in the United States, right? So, man, a lot of history between Mick Foley and Terry Funk. Um, Eventually, a, a Terry Funk career, his style changed from wrestling to traditional southern style wrestling matches to more violent styles of hardcore wrestling. So in 1993, after a special appearance against Blanchard at WCW Slamboree, uh, he left the company. Terry Funk promised to help the fledgling Easter Championship Wrestling. Uh, well, eventually that name got changed to Extreme Championship Wrestling. Fans know him as ECW. And uh, Terry and Dory Funk showed up on July 16th, lost a barbed wire match against Public Enemy. Funk maintained a regular schedule of wrestling for ECW in its early days while competing in Japan. He had many feuds and wrestle programs for wrestlers such as Cactus Jack, the franchise Shane Douglas, the Sandman, Sabu, and Terry's own protege, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Funk uh, further elevated ECW by headlining their first ever pay-per-view, Barely Legal, on April 13th of 1997, winning the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, from Raven. So from there, he had a credible, credible ECW career. And eventually, he showed up back onto the WWF where he appeared on the 1997 Royal Rumble match, appearing as number 24, lasting 15 minutes and 18 seconds before being eliminated by mankind. And uh, throughout that period, we've seen Chainsaw Charlie. You remember Chainsaw Charlie? Where he came through like a box crate with a chainsaw, revving up the chainsaw. He, he had like a pantyhose over his head. It's hilarious. But saving Cactus Jack. And eventually him and uh, uh, Mick Foley had a feud against the New Age Outlaws. And uh, he had a nice little career in the WWF. Sure enough, Harry Funk was back in ECW from 98 all the way up to 99. Uh, he had a feud with Tommy Dreamer. And uh, eventually, Terry Funk came down ill around that time in 99 before they could have a match and retired again in 1999. After that, he decided to show up back in WCW in 2000 and 2001, winning the WCW Hardcore Champion three times, of course. Um, and then he had a little feud with NWO, and uh, eventually WCW 
went out of business. And Terry Funk decided to hit the independent scenes in the early 2000s. From 2002 all the way up to 2004, Terry Funk showed up in Ring of Honor, Major League Wrestling. Funk had battled several battles with likes of CM Punk, The Extreme Horseman, which is Steve Carino, C.W. Anderson, and Just Incredible, and Sam Diamond. And, uh, man, a lot of great feuds. Eventually, he showed up at NWA Total Nonstop Action. TNA in 2004 and uh, eventually he made a brief appearance in the WWE all yeah from uh what 2006 all up to 2016 and then uh Funk would do one-offs here and there leading all the way up to 2017. Funk made his return to the ring in September 22nd 2017 for the big time wrestling promotion in Raleigh North Carolina. He teamed with the Rock and Roll Express in a six-man tag team match where they defeated Doug Gilbert, Jerry Lawler, and Lawler's son, Brian Christopher, via disqualification. Now let's talk about his championship and accomplishments. Multiple league and tournament winner in All Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Cauliflower Alley Club, wow. the Iron Mike Marzuski Award in 2005, Championship Wrestling from Florida, NWA heavy, Florida Heavyweight Champion once, NWA Florida Tag Team Champions two times, TV Champion one, NWA North American Tag Team Champion, Southern Heavyweight Champion, uh, Tournament winner in 79, ECW World Heavyweight Champion two times, ECW TV Champion one time, the, the uh, George Dragos and Luz Thez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2010, Georgia Championship Wrestling, the NWA George, Georgia Tag Team Champion once, Television Champion once, a Georgia Tag Team Champion Tournament in 1978, Hardcore Hall of Fame in 05, International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame of 2021. Jim Crockett promotion WCW. So the WCW NWA United States Heavyweight Champion two times. WCW Hardcore Champion three times. WCW Hall of Fame Class of 95. NWA United States Champion Tournament in 75. Juggalo Champion, uh, Champion Wrestling, Heavyweight Champion one time. The NWA Hall of Fame of 2009. He's been the NWA World Heavyweight Champion one time. NWA Big Time Wrestling, a Brass Knuckles Champion once in Texas. NWA Hollywood Wrestling, uh, American Heavyweight Champion, International Tag Team Champion with Dory Funk Jr. Uh, Pro Pain, uh, Pro Wrestling one-time champion, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, Feud of the Year in 89 with Ric Flair, Most Inspirational Wrestler in 97, Stanley Weston Award in 21, so many awards, Southwest Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2010, St. Louis Wrestling Club, he was the heavyweight champion once, Stampede Wrestling, uh, Stampede Wrestling Hall of Fame in 95, uh, multiple awards achievements on Tokyo, uh, the USWA heavyweight champion, Western State Sports NWA, the WWF tag team champion with Cactus Jack, WWE Hall of Famer in 2009, and multiple awards in the Wrestling Observer. So impressive resume, impressive achievements and championships from the late great terry funk and again i want to send my condolences to terry funk the funk family of course all his friends and the fans across the world we will never forget you terry we love you and we miss you rest in peace terry funk all right so august the 24th of 2023 
the pro wrestling world has lost Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda. Fans know him as Bray Wyatt. Passed away August 24th of 2023 at age 36. Now, Rotunda was born May 23rd of 1987 in Brooksville, Florida. His father is Mike Rotunda. Relatives, his brother is Bo Dallas. Uncle Barry Wyndham. Another uncle is Kendall Wyndham. And his grandfather, Blackjack Mulligan. Now, Rotunda had many names, such as Alex Rotunda, Axel Mulligan, Duke Rotunda, The Fiend, Husky Harris, and fans know him as Bray Wyatt. Now, Bray was billed as six foot three inches or 191 centimeters, and his weight was 285 pounds, billed from Brooksville, Florida, or Lafayette, Louisiana, trained by Barry Windham. Florida Championship Wrestling NXT debuted on February 5th of 2009. Rotunda was a third generation professional wrestler following in the footsteps of his grandfather, Black Jack Mulligan, his brother, Mike Rotunda, and his two of his uncles, Barry and Kendall Wendell. His younger brother, Taylor Rotunda, who is also a professional wrestler, become known as Bo Dallas. Now, his career, as I mentioned, debuted in a dark match in February 5th of 2009. And the episode of Florida Championship Wrestling, defeating Brian Josie, Rotunda made his television debut April of 2009 using the name Alex Rotundo. He later changed his name to Duke Rotundo. In June of 2009, he began teaming with his brother, Bo, at a FCW television taping on July 23rd. The Rotundo brothers defeated the Dude Busters, Clayton Croft and Trent Beretta, to become the number one contenders to the FCW Florida Champion Tag Team Championships. That same night, they defeated Justin Angels and Chris Logan for the FCW World Tag Team Champions. And uh, eventually, he had a couple feuds with Kurt Hawkins and Heath Slater. Uh, eventually, on June 2nd of 2010, he joined NXT under the name Husky Harris with Cody Rhodes as his WWE Pro. Harris made his television and ring debut for the show the following week of June 8th episode of NXT, competing in a tag team match with Rhodes against Montel Vontarius Porter, fans know him as MVP, and Percy Watson, which they lost. Harris turned heel on the June 22nd episode of NXT by attacking an announcer or former announcer, Matt Straker, just as Cody Rhodes has done the previous week. The following week on NXT, Harris lost to MVP in a singles match and ranked 7th out of the 8th rookies in the first hole. Now on August 9th, the rookies appeared in a 6-man tag team match on Raw, which Harris' team, when he pinned Cable, his team lost a rematch the following night on NXT. So fast forward, we have the Nexus, Faction Nexus, at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view of August, October 4th of 2010. A disguised Husky Harris, along with Michael McGillicuddy, interfered in the match between John Cena and Wade Barrett and helped Barrett win, forcing Cena to join Barrett's faction, the Nexus. And from there, the Nexus was born. Now, January 2011, CM Punk took over the uh, Nexus and had each of the members through a inuation. Harris passed the inuation and a lashing from the re reset of the group. And he was allowed to remain a member of the new Nexus along with CM Punk, McGillicuddy, and David Otunga. Now, on January 31st episode of Raw, Harris and McGillicuddy unsuccessfully challenged Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov for the WWE Tag Team Champion, after which Orton attacked the duo as part of a rivalry 
with the Nexus and punted Harris in the head, which was used to write Harris off television. Following a punt by Orton on Raw, Rotunda returned to FCW and in March of 2011, and dad gimmick of a hockey mask wearing Axel Mulligan. But the character never made it to SCW TV, and Rotunda continued to play the Husky Harris character on the FCW TV. Now on February 2nd of 2012, Harris and Bo Rotunda defeated Brad Maddox and Eli Cottonwood to retain or as to say, the win of the vacant FCW Florida Tag Team Champions for the second time. They successfully defended the FCW Florida Tag Team Champions against Antonio Cesaro and Alexander Russo, but lost the championship to Corey Graves and Jake Carter of March 15th. In April of 2012, Ratana was repackaged as Bray Wyatt, and that's where Bray Wyatt was born, who initially associated himself with Eli Cottonwood, and FCW. When WWE rebranded FCW into NXT, Bray Wyatt debuted on July 11th of 2012 episode of the rebooted NXT taped at Full Sail University where he defeated Ada English. In July, Wyatt suffered a torn pectoral muscle and required surgery. Despite the injury, Wyatt continued to appear on NXT, founding a faction known as the Wyatt Family in November with Luke Harper as his first son, and Eric Rowan as his second. Wyatt had his first match back from injury in February 21st of 2013, episode of NXT, where he defeated Yoshi Tachi. Wyatt suffered his first loss of match on March 13th, episode of NXT to Bo Dallas. On May 2nd, episode of NXT, Wyatt lost to Chris Jericho. On May 8th, episode of NXT, Harper and Rowan defeated Adrian Neville and Oliver Gray to win the NXT Tag Team Champion. On July 17th episode of NXT, Harper Rowan lost the NXT champion to Neville and Corey Graves. From May 27th episode of Raw, WWE aired vignettes promoting the upcoming debut of the Wyatt family. The vignettes show the Wyatt family backwoods origin and Rowan wearing a lamb mask. On July episode, July 8th episode of Raw, the Wyatt family made their debut by assaulting Kane. The Wyatt family continued their attacks of wrestlers such as R-Truth, Justin Gabriel, Drew McIntyre, Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal while sending cryptic messages to Kane asking him to follow the buzzards. Kane challenged Wyatt to his first main roster match, a Ring of Fire match at SummerSlam on August 18th of 2013, which he won following interference from Harper and Rowan. Wyatt next target Kofi Kingston, who he defeated at Battleground on, on October 6th. Harper and Rowan lost to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series on November 24th. And the Wyatt family defeated Bryan in a handicap match at TLC on December 15th. So Bray Wyatt had many memorable moments along with Ryback, The Undertaker, John Cena. Uh, eventually, the Wyatt family went away. And they came back in 2015 at Money in the Bank at June 15th, uh, interfering the Money in the Bank ladder match and tacked Roman Reigns. Um, again, Hell in a Cell match with Reigns, of course. Uh, again, they had a feud against the Brother of Destruction, which he returned and tacked the Wyatt family. Uh, at Survivor Series on November 22nd, Wyatt and Harper lost to the Brothers of Destruction. And uh, they were just kind of flopping back and forth between Raw and Smackdown. And uh, this goes all the way up to uh, 2017 and 2018, where he did the, the Leaders of the World with Matt Hardy, of course. Uh, 
we had uh, Wyatt began a feud with Finn Balor, resulting in a match between the two at SummerSlam, which Balor won under his Demon King persona. Wyatt again lost to Balor and No Mercy on uh, September 24th. And uh, eventually that led into the Firefly Funhouse. April 2019th, that's where it began, and the Firefly Funhouse began, and uh, that's where we seen The Fiend came in place, and that became a huge hit for WWE, because, uh, look, that became very popular, and that's where The Fiend got popular, so he was this, you know, guy in a, a sweater backstage with a bunch of puppets, Happy, smiley, but when he comes out in that fiend mask, you better run. And that's what I loved about so much about the fiend character coming out, being creepy, dark. Well, in 2021, WWE decided to uh, release a handful of wrestlers. Wyatt was one of them. Wyatt's fi final appearance in this stunt with WWE as he was released on July 31st of 2021. Well, Sure enough, a year later, September of 2022, WWE began playing a capella version of White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane at live events throughout shows. Eventually, vignettes were played each and every week. Leading up to, ah oh man, what was the pay-per-view he showed up at? And I remembered it very clearly. I think it was Extreme Rules where he made his return back the very end of the pay-per-view. Gave me goosebumps. Gave me chills. Eventually, he had feuds with uh, L.A. Knight, The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Long story short, Bray Wyatt was, was supposed to be at WrestleMania of 2023. I believe against Bobby Lashley was WrestleMania or Royal Rumble. And uh, eventually that got pulled. And uh, apparently Bray Wyatt was uh, battling life-threatening illness since February of 2023. Bray was closing in in his return. Of course, all these rumors of him coming back. And then, uh, of course, August 24th of 2023, uh, WWE has announced that uh, Bray Wyatt has passed away at the age 36 leaving his his um you know his partner jojo his children his family his friends and his fans and i want to send my condolences to everybody who are affected and uh man it's it's um a very sad day as a wrestling fan so bray we love you we miss you and for us fans let's kick back and watch all the bray wyatt matches in memory of bray wyatt rest in peace bray 